Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? The No Huddle Show here. Elliot Shore Parks along with Matt Lombardo. We are sitting at Radio Row at Super Bowl 52 at the Mall of America in Minnesota. And, Matt, we're finally here. The Eagles are here. It's Super Bowl week. It really is. And we landed in Minneapolis yesterday. The Eagles arrived in Minneapolis yesterday. The snow flurries were falling. It was frigid outside. The Eagles team bus had a little bit of a hiccup getting to the hotel. But it really feels, now that we're here at Radio Row and people are starting to get into town, it feels like it's finally sinking in that this is the Super Bowl. And, of course, it's really going to get underway in earnest tonight with media night. The players were out and about last night. We'll talk about all that. But it's here, and the Eagles yeah. have a chance to win the Vince Lombardi Trophy for the first time in franchise history on Sunday. But a lot of craziness between now and, and then. And, and to me, one of the funniest things still is as we walk around, seeing Nick Foles on Super Bowl banners. I know. Along with Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you can just tell they were so ready to promote Carson Wentz. And then you walk around. I mean, first of all, the Mall of America is absolutely huge. Yep. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but there's ba- there's posters everywhere. There's, you know, uh, all types of things with Foles right next to Brady. It's just ridiculous to see, but also, I mean, in the past Super Bowls I've covered, you walk around and you see the player posters and you see stuff like that, but it's still weird seeing Eagles on them. Nelson Aguilar, a guy that they wanted cut last year, is now being promoted in the Super Bowl. LeGarrette Fle- Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt, Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz. I mean, Eagles green is absolutely everywhere right now in Minnesota. Yeah, and I think that the guys that are on the posters and, you know, while they're unexpected and if Wentz doesn't shred his knee against the Rams back in right. week 14, it's a completely different promo package. But these are guys that could become household names this week. I mean, yeah. you talk about Zach Ertz, first year making the Pro Bowl, had a career year, and a lot of that with Carson Wentz, a quarterback. But he's really developed a chemistry with Nick Foles over the last three games, particularly the two playoff games. We could see him break out on Sunday night. Fletcher Cox, I mean, Tom Brady talks all the time about A-gap pressure and how much pressure up the middle disrupts him in the pocket and makes him feel uncomfortable. Cox is the best guy to do that. And Blunt was here a year ago with the Patriots, and Aguilar – We've talked about it ever since the Falcons yeah. game, right? Get the, this man the ball in his hands in space. We saw what he did against Atlanta. There's no reason he can't do it again against the Patriots. So, obviously, a lot to talk about today. A lot we want to relay to you guys so you can really feel like you're here. But it is Monday. So, even though I mean, we'll be doing our podcast all week and normally do fan stuff on Tuesday or Friday, but I think we've been getting so many reviews recently. Let's read one or two. Oh, you're calling an audible Yeah, yeah, here. we're calling an audible here. This isn't even on the run now. And here's why. 479, Matt. We're at 479. We're only 21 away from reaching our goal of 500. So if you want, you can read one first. Actually, I'll go first because I like this one a lot. Uh, Hours on Hours by Dominican B-Doc. 
Hours on hours of professional entertainment. I refresh my podcast every morning, hoping to see you guys release a new episode. You guys bring genuine joy to my life. I hope the review helps. Hashtag Fly Eagles Fly. Hashtag Bird Gang. So appreciate that review. And hours on hours, we're going to have plenty of content for you guys this week. We're going to be doing a show every single day of the week here at Radio Row. And Radio Row is a little slow right now. It's uh, you know, it's about 9 or 10 a.m. here in, in Minnesota. So not too many celebrities, not too many athletes. But as the week picks up, that's absolutely going to pick up as well. And we'll see way more people. But oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I think that when we, you know, talk about this week, we're going to have podcasts coming at you every single day, sometimes yeah. even multiple times a day if we can sprinkle in some surprise interviews and get some marquee guests on here. So if there's ever a time to subscribe, if there's ever a time to, you know, hook up on iTunes or YouTube or SoundCloud or Stitcher or anywhere you listen, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Um, I think I, I just want to say real quick, you should know, Matt is frantically swiping on his brand new iPhone X here yes. trying to find a review. So there was one it is, that stuck the, out it is the Audible, but I yep. know he's excited to be using that X. Uh, it, it, there was one that stuck out with me when I was reading the reviews on the flight yesterday. I was trying to find it, but okay. we'll, we'll get to that one tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, um, read, we'll read a review every day. Yeah, there we go. We'll go. Uh, great insight, five stars from Josh Boone. He says, hey, Elliot and Matt, I just listened to your Rasul Douglas interview. Um, nice job by you, Elliot. Thank and you. I'm super excited to get to listen to the new pod every day on Radio Row with player updates from Rasul. Um, looking forward to the guests that y'all are going to be able to find. Let's go win the Super Bowl. So thank you for that. And uh, by tomorrow, I will have picked out my two or three favorite reviews yeah. and we will throw out some love and get and, some help. And we always tomorrow. like to talk about the reviews here on the podcast, but this week especially, um, if you have something you want to say about the game uh, or anything like that, a question you have about Minnesota, leave it in that in a review. Throw us those five stars and we'll answer them um, from here on out for the rest of the week. So Here was the one that I wanted to, to mention. Um, okay. If you don't mind me throwing one more, go for um, it. Appreciate the insight. Greatly appreciate the insight on the Eagles. I'm a Marine stationed in Okinawa, Japan, and wished I found this podcast sooner rather wow. than later. I wake up to it, download it, and listen to it on my way to work and at work during the day. Disagree with some of the things you guys say, but nonetheless, still good insight and information. Keep it up, gentlemen. Let's go, Eagles. So um, thank you to DoCell. Thank you for your service, and thank you for listening to the program. All right, that was that was a great review. So, okay, let's talk about yesterday. Yep. So you took off a little earlier than me. You got into Minnesota. What'd you get in around twelve? Yeah, I landed around twelve o'clock, and I remember stepping out of the airport, waiting for my Uber to get to the media <laughs> hotel, and it hits you. It hits yeah. you right in the face. It's the funny Minnesota you, you read about it and you hear about it, and I, when I found out I was, well, I was going to the Super Bowl, I was looking at that Minnesota weather every day. And you see how cold it's going to be, but not until you feel it do you realize how absolutely frigid it is here in Minnesota. But the plane ride yesterday, I don't know if this was the case on your flight, but a real who's who of media. I yep. mean, it's funny, like, you always read online about how the fans are kind of, you know, bonding together over this team. And that's something that sometimes we can't really partake in because sure. we're covering the team. We're not fans anymore. But it is exciting to see all these media members traveling. I mean, Pat Gallon was on mine, Sal Powell, Ron Jaworski, a lot of the Fox 29 people. Yep. Um, so really, I mean, Philly media dominates everywhere we go. But especially in the Super Bowl, you can tell already, there is probably – what do you think, 50, 60, 70 media members well, here? Well, the, the media horde is strong coming from Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that I somehow found my way onto the NBC Sports Philadelphia chartered All flight right. because their entire crew was here. You weren't riding the car with D-Gun? I was not in the car with D-Gun <laughs> and Barrett Brooks. Uh, I, I gave uh, John Clark a fist bump while there I was in go. the Delta Comfort section, and he was wandering back to his uh, uh, nice seat subtle, back subtle, there. Nice subtle brag there. A little subtle humble brag, brag yeah, right? Low, yeah. Rack up those miles. But, yeah, I mean, you're right, Elliot. Everywhere you look, uh, the Philadelphia media is making their presence known and I got to give a little bit of a helmet sticker to the Eagles fans I uh -huh. mean th this is not your ideal
real Super Bowl host city, right? You've covered Super Bowls right. in San Francisco. Arizona. My, my first Super Bowl last year was in Houston, and it was 75, 80 degrees every day in February. Yeah. This is Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the one thing to do is shop at the Mall of America and try not to get frostbite on every yeah. piece of uncovered, you know, skin. And there were 50 Eagles fans waiting outside the team hotel singing yeah. Fly Eagles Fly and doing the Eagles chant yesterday. So, I mean, I talked about it yesterday on our video, you know, post. You go to L.A. and the Eagles turn those two games into home games. You go on the road every year at Carolina. They turn that into not necessarily a home game, but they made their presence felt. And the Super Bowl, it's a lot tougher to do. But I think Eagles fans have been early, early arrivals, and I think that they're really going to have an impact on this game. And it might even turn out to be, if not a 50-50 crowd, maybe a slightly Eagles favorite crowd and, in there on and, Sunday and night. Yes, yesterday I tweeted out, oh, man, there's a lot of Eagles fans here already, and the game's a week away. And people are like, oh, well, they just live there. But I don't care where we were at yesterday. We were at the airport. Yep. We were in the mall. We were walking around. Fans dinner. have already, yeah, dinner. Fans have already arrived here in Minnesota. They're, they're ready to spend the week out here, and there's going to be a lot to do. I mean, uh, you know, the Mall of America, let's talk about now since we're sitting in here. If you've never been to the Mall of America, you know, I'm not saying it's like a, a sight to see, like a wonder of the world, because it's still a mall at the end of the day. But, man, this thing is huge. Like, it puts yep. King of Prussia Mall, Willow Grove Mall, like all those malls to absolute shame. There's literally an amusement park in the middle I, of I'm it. staring at a roller coaster and a spinning Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ride. There okay, so that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, maybe we'll, you know, strap this iPhone X onto my, yeah. uh, my hat, and I'll go on the roller coaster I was going to say, are you later. a roller coaster guy? I'm not a... Uh, I'm I not a roller, roller, oh, love see, roller no. coasters. I don't do them. I don't do them. Yeah, so um, looking forward to trying that out. Um, more coffee places than you can shake a stick at, which makes me really happy. We've got a <laughs> Shake Shack behind us. I mean, this is um, – it's a pretty cool mall. And, yeah. you know, do we wish that we were in a warmer climate with a beach? Uh, sure. But we're not going to be able to get out and about all that much this week. And if, you know, for us and for fans coming out and staying in the area – it is kind of cool to have so many great restaurant and shopping areas within yeah. walking distance. To me, one of the craziest things was yesterday. So we get here. Um, everything is in the mall. Like, both the teams are staying in the mall at the hotels at opposite yep. ends. Uh, the media center is here, the credential place, all that stuff. So we get here, and we have to – our Uber drops us off at one side of the mall. In order to find the credential center, it literally ended up being on the other side of it. But they have little iPads throughout the thing. Or not iPads, but they're like – Kiosks. Touch, yeah, kiosks yeah. with touchscreens. And they literally give you GPS directions on the quickest way to walk around the mall by the foot, and it estimates how many minutes. I yeah. mean, we, we were talking about 15, 20-minute walks to get to the other side yeah. of the mall. I remember the last time that I was in Minnesota for work back in college, I fell in love with Caribou Coffee, of all things. All right. And there was one in the mall, and I went up to a kiosk today. Elliot, it told me that it would I would arrive at the Caribou Coffee in 2 minutes and 37 seconds. Now, that's pretty cool. That's right. pretty cool that it will map out, tell you where you're going, how much time to allocate. And we got what we needed, but it certainly is something you don't see in every mall yeah. across America. So another unique thing about Minnesota is in the past Super Bowls, and you know you saw it last year in Houston, when the, where, where the teams stay is normally pretty far apart. You don't see them staying very close together. They, they practice at different places. These two teams are staying, I mean, on little opposite sides of the mall. And the mall is big, but you're still talking, you know, relatively close, less than a mile apart. Yep. The Eagles are at the uh, Radisson Blue on one side. The Patriots, who arrived today on Monday, they're at the uh, JW Marriott on the other end. I thought that that's kind of interesting. Like, to have them that close, I, I was just surprised that's how you went. But the thing is, there's really not much out here. I mean, yeah. the hotels we're staying at are, you know, there's not exactly a ton of uh, five-star hotels out here. There's not places for them to go, and you don't want to stay downtown. So. Right. I'm a little surprised they didn't stay downtown and didn't have the media staying downtown because that's where a lot of your nicer hotels yeah. and, and things are. But 
I, I guess because of the fact that they wanted to showcase the Mall of America and use this space as kind of the headquarters for all of the team availabilities and Radio Row, I guess they kept it close. But even last year in Houston, Elliot, we had to bus to get to the Falcons headquarters. Yeah. We had to take a bus to get to where the Patriots were staying here. You know, the Eagles could wander into the amusement park and be waiting in line next to Rob Gronkowski to ride that roller coaster. Right. I mean, I'll be interested to see if they run into each other. And so yesterday the Eagles arrive. Um, we were in the mall for a little bit. And then the Eagles arrived, and what would you say, 3 o'clock around here? 3 yeah. o'clock uh, yeah the, Minnesota time. yeah, the Eagles landed probably around 3.15, 3.30 yesterday, and they checked yeah. right into their hotel at the Radisson Blue. And it's funny, you and I were kind of staking it out to get video of the buses arriving and the players arriving, and it really didn't take long to see guys kind of trickle out and, you know, get on with their night. And a really funny, random story, they were getting in Ubers. Well, they were no, no, Ubers first, first, to where they wanted to go. Should we talk about the bus fiasco? We should talk about should the talk bus about fiasco. We should talk about the bus fiasco. Yes. So if you're looking for a – it's not a good omen. If you're looking at a – you know, how things might work out here in Minnesota for the Eagles. So we're standing. First of all, there's military trucks out there. Yes. Guards with automatic, yeah, automatic assault rifles. We were going to try to get in the hotel lobby to try to talk to players. They wouldn't let us anywhere close to that. The so, assault rifle kind of turned me yeah, off to that idea yeah, pretty quick. You, yes. Yeah, definitely for sure. So we're waiting there for the players, and the buses kind of have to, like, go around this sharp turn to uh, get to the um, – get to the front door of the hotel and the reason it was so sharp is because they have all these military things there yep. so the buses come here there's player uh there's fans lined up media members are waiting they try to make this turn and it just they, it. they can't do it couldn't do it so the entire team is waiting there on the bus the guy had to reverse and bring it back three or four times yeah. they had to come out try to move the cement things they couldn't do that yep. they had to move some cones they did and Finally. all of a sudden, some of the buses that were in line behind the, the lead bus, they right. got impatient, went around, and then went right in. Right. But it was just funny to see the Eagles buses get stuck. Now, I don't know if that's Bill Belichick strategically, you know, ordering how these uh, temporary barricades are got, set we up. We got Brady out there putting the cement uh, putting the cement blockers yeah, there. I, I don't know if it's a Viking fan who was driving the bus who figured, you know what, I'll show them. I'll drive right. them right into this barricade. Well, they but, remember they said that prior coming, too. They are yeah. in an Uber or a bus driver. They're going to start messing with Eagles fans and yep. all that. So this was their golden opportunity. I don't know about you, but every Uber that I've gotten in. I know, I've, yeah, I've you, were, you, were, you were quizzing the guy yesterday. Yeah, and, and I've stressed, listen, we're reporters. We don't care who wins or loses. <laughs> we're not fans. Don't drop us off in the sticks because that's the last thing we need right. is to get dropped off in, uh, you know, the boondocks of, of Minnesota. But, you know, shortly after the players checked in, after they finally got off the buses, mm -hmm. it was wild. These guys were yeah. just piling into Ubers to go yeah. downtown. No car service, no shuttle buses, no nothing like that. It was, hey, you know, Every man for themselves, whatever you're doing tonight, hop in the Uber and go And not to just town. any player. So the players get off the bus, and they pretty much go right into the hotel. They check in. They get changed. And then slowly they start to trickle out. Didn't talk to any of the media members as of now. A little later on in the night at the mall, they, a few of them talked. But we see Carson Wentz, uh, Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Alshon Jeffrey walk out. First of all, on a more serious football note, Wentz is walking a lot better. Yep, no cane. <coughs> Without <coughs> the cane. <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so no cane for Carson Wentz. And not only just that, even I think he's walking a, a better than he was a few days ago. I mean, we saw a video of him walking off the plane carrying his bags. And you can notice a limp when he walks, but it's still not anything terrible. So definitely a noticeable improvement yep. for him. But So they walk to the corner of the hotel. First of all, it's sunny outside, but it's snowing, and it's freezing cold. So I guess maybe a typical Minnesota day. <laughs> Wentz and them are all sitting there, and we see them, and they're clearly waiting for an Uber because they're looking on their phone. And this busted up, old, rundown Toyota minivan. Yeah, Aqua minivan pulls up, and Wentz, Alshon, Tory Smith, and uh, Aglar get in it. I'm thinking like 
All right, that's your franchise guy, number one. Yep. Number two, he just yep. had surgery. Number one wide receiver. Yeah, number one wide receiver. Your best wide receiver in Nelson. And <laughs> <laughs> got to get that in there. Got to get that in there. And then your guy that just had franchise, your franchise guy who just had surgery, piling into an Uber of all things. And yeah. then so they get in and they pull off, and based off their Instagram posts, it looks like they went to uh, get dinner somewhere. But I was just really surprised. They got Eagles got the guys out here riding Ubers. I mean, get these guys a you know a, a car, car service, service or yeah. something Pull like a Lincoln Town Car. Get it, right. you know, charter some shuttle buses to be at your disposal the entire week. Do what you have to do. Yeah. But uh, you know, you have to. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this the entire week because, yeah. like we talked about, they're attached to the Mall of America. Uh, the Patriots are attached to the Mall of America. There's a lot to do in here. There are a lot of restaurants. There are a lot of things that you can do. I'd be real interested to see if they cross paths with each other and how that plays out. Yeah. It's no, because I, it is unique. And, and, and the one thing I think there's a reason that could happen, and I don't know if, you've, uh, if you agree with this, but a lot of freedom Doug seems to be giving yes. his players. So they get here yesterday. Um, they're basically out to – I mean, go and do whatever they want. And then even last night, me and you are out with Dan Duggan, our colleague, and we see a few players out. Nothing crazy. I mean, we're just literally at the Outback. But, uh, you know, like Doug's basically allowing these guys to go out, do what they want. Um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm not surprised by that in some ways because Doug's always been a guy that's like, all right, you guys be yourself. Um, you know, he, he stresses them to be themselves and have personality, give them freedom. Yep. But I don't know, man. This week at the Super Bowl, I don't know if you rein it back in a little bit. I, I think that as the week goes on, that'll happen. But it was Sunday night. The Patriots don't even get into town until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Right. So I, I think that after you win the NFC Championship game, and, you know, this could be a once-in-a-career, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for these yeah. guys. And, and it's not ideal. They're, they're not going to South Beach. They're not going to San Diego. They're not, you know, roaming the French and I think that's a, that's a blessing in disguise for the Eagles sure. because the Patriots are a team that they've been here before. Yep. I mean, nothing's going to surprise them. They're not going to come here and want to see the scenes. The Eagles had it been in Miami, right. had it been, you know, in New Orleans, L.A. You might have seen a little bit more of that. I, I guess but outside of going that. to the mall, there's not a lot of trouble you can get in, right. short of shoplifting. Right. I, I guess my point is that it's the first night here. Yeah. Media night is really going to kick off on Monday night. And, and then, then it's down to – you know, the week of preparing. And I think that you got to kind of let these guys cut loose for a night or two before you rein it back in. I mean, think back to 1980, and Dick Vermeil had like an 11 p.m. curfew right. and told his guys not to go out, and they got shellacked by the Raiders. They were yeah. flat. They were, you know, run down. They were mentally drained. And the Eagles are a veteran group. They have seven guys who have won Super Bowl rings. A lot of guys have gone this far before. So they know how to handle their business. But I think the first night here, you got to let them do their thing. Yeah, and I think, too – one of the nice things now, not to sound like an old guy, but one of the nice things about social media now is you can really see what the players are up to and who they're hanging out with. And one thing I noticed yesterday was, man, these position groups really are tight together. Yep. You had the running backs walking around together, Corey Clement, Kenyarn Bonner, Wendell Smallwood. They went to uh, buy an Xbox, so I guess they'll be spending plenty of time in their room. <laughs> I guess uh, you don't have to worry about them yeah, uh, getting doesn't, into trouble right, with the look like, party, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't look like they'll be doing too much. But uh, it looks like they have roommates, too. Wendell Smallwood is staying with uh, uh, Corey Clement, so they bought an Xbox. And then you saw the receivers um, walking around together. The defensive backs were, uh, were by the roller coaster, marveling it. Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, Patrick Robinson, Malcolm Jenkins, they were all together walking around. And then the receivers did the escape the room here. Have you ever done one of those? I have not. I have not either, and, and I didn't realize there was one here. And we have enough people – and Steve Politti and Dan Duggan and yourself and me. I think I don't we know if you want me on. I don't know if you want me on your team. I for probably that. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I think if like uh, Politi and I teamed right. up or Duggan and I teamed up, I think that we would, uh, you know, dominate it. I think yeah. it's a good good time to do so it. So who do you think on the Eagles? Would Matt be, Collins. Who do, who's your here's your guy you want on your team? Matt Collins yeah, among the just the receivers. Just okay. receivers because I mean the kid went to North Carolina. He's a bright guy. Yeah. North Carolina is a really you know good school you know comparatively speaking to where some of these other receivers went. Right. Um, nice little shot there at uh, South Carolina <laughs> and uh, USC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um, now I, I think that you know I'd probably want Matt Collins on my team out of the wide receivers and maybe so, Torrey Smith. I'm thinking definitely not Alshon. So uh, another anti-Alshon take there by me. But he's very shock, like shocking. <laughs> he's very like soft spoken. I don't know. I don't know if he's who I want in my corner. Aguilar, I'm not so sure. I think I would come down to Tory Smith, probably who I'd want to go with. Very bright guy, uh, veteran guy, leader. So I'm thinking that's who I'd want on my team in, in in the escape the room. But so they did that, and then last night. Um, it seemed like it was a pretty quiet night for the Eagles. Uh, yeah. They didn't have anything on their schedule. Um, a few, I mean, the guys went, got dinner, probably just hung out in the hotel room. Monday is when it starts a little bit for them. Um, Doug's going to hold him. Doug Peterson's going to hold a meeting with the players today. Uh, just kind of remind them about what the week's going to be about, putting yep. out the clutter, that type of thing. Then after that, they just have time to kill before media night, which is going to be an absolute zoo tonight. Oh, absolutely. And last year was my first experience with media night, uh, my first Super Bowl that I covered. And I remember I was staying with family last year. And uh -huh. after I got, you know, back to my cousin's house and I was, you know, sitting around with her and her husband, they asked me how it went because they watched on right. TV. And I said, guys, this is like Comic-Con for football. It's you insane. have reporters from, like, entertainment outlets dressed up. You had J.B. Smoove from Curb Your Enthusiasm yep. there. Kel from Keenan and Kel. From Good Burger. Uh, Good Burger. <laughs> Welcome to Good Burger. Right. And then you had all the uh, – um, like foreign language reporters there yeah. asking you the eagle the players to say things in different languages and getting it on tape. So it's a zoo. It, it it's is. a complete zoo. But I think Eagles fans watching it tonight, um, it, it's a chance for the players to kind of show their personality. And I think there might be some guys who, once we get into media night, you and I are around these guys every day, right? Yeah. There, there are players that we have relationships with and we we know pretty well. I think that you know throughout media night, this is the time for some of these guys to really become household names yeah. during the media I, night facilities. All right, so with, with media night starting tonight, let's yep. kind of go through a run-through of what these guys will be like. Yep. So as you said, we know these guys well, but this is going to be the world's chance to meet the Absolutely. Eagles. Absolutely. Who's going to be a star tonight that is not a star now? A guy that's really going to own it. I have a, I have two I have clear. Two. Okay, all right, you go first. All right, should we go one-to-one? -one? Yeah, all right, I hope gonna, you don't take mine first. I'm going to go with Chris Long. Okay, perfect. Because okay. I think that there's a chance, and everybody knows Chris Long, right? He donated right. his entire salary to charity this year. Got a shout-out on Twitter from President Obama. Yep. But I think there's a chance he shows up in the dog mask. And if he rolls in with the dog mask on and he does the interview in the dog mask, while everybody in Philadelphia has fallen in love with him, everybody in New England knows him, right. I think there's a good chance for Chris Long to showcase himself on the national stage and maybe even parlay his football career into a future and, television and father's The nice thing about Chris Long is he can talk about anything. Yep. I mean, maybe one of the brightest guys on the team. Yep. Uh, unafraid to talk about anything Absolutely. too. He'll answer all the questions. He's able to have fun with things. Yep. So he's kind of perfect for this. But my guy that I think right now is not a household name that people will know after tonight is Brandon Graham. A guy that yeah, yeah. is one of the best defensive ends in the league already. Yeah. Great against the run, but has never really become like a premier name when it comes to defensive ends. But we deal with him every day. We yeah. see it. 
This nice guy, is guy in the locker yeah, room. Bar great, right. And not only that, he's he's willing to have fun. He yep. likes to have fun. He'll joke back with the reporters. If someone asks him to dance, he might get up and do that. He'll put masks on. And he, yeah. he's also very smart. But what other thing that'll help him out is he's good at not rocking the boat. Yep. He talks a lot, but he doesn't rock the boat. He won't say anything Michigan about the boy, Patriots. Big Ten. Yeah, that's right, Penn State. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I think he'll be very good tonight. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Who's one guy that you think is going to put his foot in his mouth? Is going to say something that's like, Doug's talking to him about it the next morning. We're like, all right, here it is. This is the guy. It's I think this gonna, is clear cut number one. It's going to gonna drive the bus for the entire week. Yep. You know, I, I hate answering things like this, but I think it could be Fletcher Cox. Oh, nice. That's not mine. Cause I, I, <laughs> <all right. laughs> I, I just think that, that Fletcher is another guy who tells it like it is. He's not afraid to casually drop a swear word in there if he's right. unprepared. And, and he goes on and says for this whole diatribe about how he's never watched the Super Bowl last week. Yeah. And then I know Dan Levy from, from uh, William Penn Sports goes in and he found 15 tweets from right. the Super Bowls in the past that Fletcher Cox had watched. So I think Fletcher Cox has a chance to put his foot in his mouth and maybe say something also, that could drive the narrative. Also, when he was doing his Super Bowl press conference last week, the lights were bright and he was yeah. sweating like oh, profusely. They had to turn it off. Yeah. So I don't know if he was actually hot or if he just couldn't handle the pressure, but yeah. I think if he's on a podium tonight, it's going to be really interesting to see. But to me, my guy's Lane Johnson, yeah. a guy that – literally doesn't know how to be anything but honest. Right. Says everything that's on his mind. Texas boy. Texas boy. Like, loves to curse. Yeah. Like, he'll, you know, he'll have some sayings he'll drop. And he's not afraid to talk. I mean, he like. He might throw some beer, some, uh, right, you know, Right, he might bring a Bud Light, Light to the stage, right? Yeah. But also, um, before the season, he said they were going to go down to Washington and kick the Redskins' ass. He's always, yeah. he's not afraid to make predictions. I think Which he's, is great. Yeah, exactly. And I think that as far as, like, a locker room leader, that's what you want. And, uh -huh. and I wrote all year that I thought he was the best offensive tackle in football. And I think that, you know, if you, you read Zach Ertz's story on the Players' Tribune, he came out and said that, you know, it was Lane Johnson and Chris Long who they Dog were masks. sitting at dinner. And Zach Ertz said, quote, Lane Johnson sitting there with a shit-eating grin on his face, and he couldn't <laughs> figure out why. And they said, oh, we bought these dog masks. And they're not, like, funny, cute underdog masks. Right. They're, creepy they're creepy German Shepherd yeah. masks. So that was a funny moment that I think has become a rallying cry for this team, for this playoff run. And Lane and Chris Long were the two guys that brought that into being. So another, another thing tonight is going to be that – so the players will walk out, and they'll kind of just be uh, – wandering around but they're gonna be podiums so yep. there'll probably be eight or nine podiums my guess on who the podium guys are it's gonna be Foles obviously because he's a quarterback and the thing about Foles is he's gonna bore America to death he's good-natured guy you know very nice guy but he's just not someone that's gonna own a stage like this right Doug Peterson I think he's someone America could fall in love with tonight I agree. because he's gonna go after Bill Belichick and after Bill Belichick means that he's really you know Bill Bill's gonna be who he is he's gonna yep. be rude he's gonna be short um, and media members will eat it up, which to me makes no sense because when other guys are rude, it's like, how's he doing this? Bill does it. Because he wins. Right, because he, he wins. Because he five right. Super Bowl rings as head coach, right. six in, in total. Um, the other thing is, I mean, I've, I've written about this, and I'll be writing about it throughout the week. Elliot, uh -huh. I think that Doug Peterson is a worthy adversary of Bill Belichick, and it's not just yeah. from a personality standpoint that people are going to fall in love with when they hear him speak throughout the Super Bowl week, but you just look at his trademark aggressiveness. No coach in the NFL went for it on fourth down more than Doug Peterson did. You're up 24-7 to in the third quarter on first down in the NFC title game, and you call a flea flicker for the first time. Right. And, I mean – the NFL fans and sports fans in America in general, they love finding a villain and they love finding the underdog who's going to take that villain down. 
Yep. Doug Peterson's perfectly equipped to do it. And, and he's Eagles, good at the podium now. Yep, and the Eagles and Doug Peterson are perfectly built, not just for this coming Sunday in the Super Bowl, but to go zooming past the Patriots in a changing of the guard in the NFL and become the next great dynasty. And it could start very well tonight in the eyes of the public with yeah. how Doug Peterson does and, on media you know, night. We talked about how there's a lot of Eagles fans here already. And, you know, maybe it's just because it's early in the week, but – I haven't seen – I honestly don't think I've seen one Patriots fan here since I got in here. And, again, like, they've been to – this will be their eighth Super Bowl. They've been to, you know, cities that are far more exciting to go to than Minnesota. But I just wonder if, you know, that's just how it's going to be, if they're going to get right. here Saturday and go. But as of now, I mean, I think that you're really going to see the Eagles be the team everyone roots for, especially after yep. tonight. They're definitely going to be the home team here, in my opinion. So what are, what are some, uh, some questions you want to ask the players tonight at media night? Like what? What are? Because we're gonna get a lot of guys. We're gonna get all the players. Yep. We're gonna get all the coaches. Yep. Howie could talk. Jeffrey Lurie could talk. Joe Douglas could talk. Yep. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of people. What are some main things you want to answer heading into tonight? You know, I, I just want to know what this experience has been like for them. I yeah. mean, you, you talk about growing up playing Pop Warner football, or you know, playing high school football, college football, and here you are in the Super Bowl. What What has this ride been like? Has it sunk in yet? Um, first impressions of Minnesota. Who was the best at the the escape? The escape room, the room. Yeah. Sort of things. Um, you know if. If you could say one thing to Tom Brady, if you're a defensive player in terms of talking trash, what's your tactic? What are you going right. to say? Like Those are the sort of off-the-wall things that I think would be fun to find out tonight at media night. Yeah, and I, to me, I think the main thing is going to be Howie and Joe. People we don't get very often. Yep. I mean, Howie's been named Executive of the Year. Well, I can't give away my state secrets on the features I'll be working <laughs> on. We can't, we can't give that. There's, you got to check there, NJ.com for that. There, there's 500 media people here. That's right. But we'll get Joe Douglas, a guy that really never talks. I'm excited to talk to him. But, all right, so we're going to have media night tonight, and then the week really kicks off. But before we get into talking about the game, we're lucky enough to have on Pete Prisco of CBS Sports. He was walking around Radio Row. We grabbed him, said he'd be happy to talk about Eagles, talk about the Patriots, talk about what this team's really been through. I mean, with Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman. So let's bring on Pete, and uh, we're going to play the interview for you. Really think it was interesting. So here's Pete Prisco, CBS Sports. Pete, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, so the first question we had for you was just, I know in Philadelphia we're still stunned the Eagles are here. You see Nick Foles on the banner with Tom Brady. How surprised are you that the Eagles were able to overcome the loss of Wentz and make it to the Super Bowl? Astounded. I didn't think they'd be able to do it. I really didn't. I, I, I give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson. He did a great job against Atlanta scheming those RPO plays, kind of got Foles into a rhythm, made the throws easy on him, and you could see him gain confidence. And then last week I thought he surprised the heck out of the Vikings by throwing down the field kind of ambushed them a little bit. So uh, I, I'm astounded they're here, but kudos to the coaching staff. Yeah, and I think that Doug Peterson, Pete, has rightfully gotten a lot of the credit for how he was able to put together a scheme around Nick Foles, and the aggressiveness was certainly there last week against Minnesota, that flea flicker, you know, on their first drive up 24-7 to in the second half. But what has impressed you the most about Nick Foles? Because especially last week, he seems like a different quarterback than what he was even when he took the field in the Giant game in his first start this year and even – back in 2013. You know, I was at the Pro Bowl last week and I talked to a bunch of players about, you know, guys in this game and asked about Nick Foles. And one of the things Harrison Smith said was he didn't seem to get phased at all. And when an opponent sees that, that's a good sign for a quarterback. You know, you know when he was 27-2 and two a couple of years ago yeah. in the Chip Kelly, that was an accident season. That's not who he is. And I remember I, I took a lot of heat in Philly from a lot of writers and stuff over there. I said, that's not going to happen again. You can't count on that. It's not who he is is he backup. He's a good quality backup. And you know what? This is what good quality backups are supposed to do. Not mess it up. 
and he hadn't messed it up. He's played better than not messing it up, particularly against the Vikings. So the Eagles are lucky because Foles is just going to be the backup no matter what happens. I mean, Carson Wentz is the future there. He's a franchise guy. So a debate in Philly has been how worried do you think fans should be? Because you've seen some guys like Robert Griffin uh, Jr. suffer his ACL, not the same guy. Sam Bradford, even Andrew Luck now with his shoulder. I know it's not the ACL, but how concerned do you think fans should be about Wentz being the player he was before the injury when he does eventually come back? Yeah, but he wasn't like RG3 where his game was predicated on the run. He, he got out of there and made plays with his legs, but he kept his head up and made throws. Uh, you know, might accelerate the process of him becoming more of a guy who stays in the pocket and goes through all his progressions rather than get out after one and two and make a play with his legs. But I, I don't think they should be. With the medical technology the way it is, I don't think they should be worried at all. I think it's going to be... He'll be fine by that. But I don't know if he'll be fine on opening day. Now, that's a concern because it's a small, you know, the window is, is, is small, but I think he'll be fine. Yeah, the timing way. of the injury certainly doesn't help, you know, the middle of December and, of course, you know, the shortened time to get ready for training camp for week one. But just zeroing in on this game next Sunday night, you know, grandest stage in sports, and Bill Belichick certainly six rings on his fingers, five as a head coach, the Patriots' eighth Super Bowl appearance. On paper, this is kind of a mismatch in terms of the coaching with Doug Peterson and Belichick, but my sense is Peterson is a worthy adversary for Belichick, the aggressiveness, the way that he's been able to change the culture within that locker room in just two years, the way that he schemes his game plans every week based on the mismatches against the opponents. You know, you've covered this game forever. What are your instincts in terms of how this coaching matchup is going to play out between Belichick and Doug Peterson? The best thing about Doug Peterson is he will not coach scared. There are too many coaches in this league that coach scared. They're afraid to take chances. They're in the big stage. They're going to curl up and play it the safe way. Doug Peterson will not. He will go for it. I go back to the AFC Championship game. If Jacksonville had not played scared in the second half, they'd be here. They played scared. I don't think Doug Peterson will play scared. He's not going to get awed by the moment. He's not going to look across and see Bill Belichick over there and decide he's going to change the way he plays. They will be aggressive. He will be aggressive, and that's they give big kudos to him for that. One of the reasons Doug's able to be so aggressive is because he really trusts his players. I mean, every week he says that. And the reason he has those players is because of Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas. So how surprised have you been about the job Howie's done, and how much of that is Joe? Because, I mean, Joe comes in, I know, as, as you know, well-respected around the league, um, and they've really improved, I think, in their personnel decisions or draft decisions. What do you think of the job Howie's done coming off of that incident with Chip, and then how much do you think is Joe Douglas? Well, I think it's a combination of the two. I think you got to give Howie a lot of credit. I mean, this is a guy who was demoted to, uh, you know, paper clips, you know, or whatever he was doing. And, and he bounced back, and he's done a really good job. Look at look at all the pickups they've made. I mean, some of those pickups, when they when they made the decision to go get those guys, they were looked about, you know, Garrett Blunt. He was late, late in the process to get him. I mean, that look, bottom line April. is he's made some really good decisions. Chris Long, uh, you know, another guy. He's helped that pass rush. Um, you know, I, I, the J.H.I. trade, I'm still not – big on because I don't think you trade assets for running backs, but it'll pay off if they win a Super Bowl. So you got to give Howie a lot of credit. you got to give Joe Douglas a lot of credit. Hell lines, of a job. Though, what do you make of the philosophy where the J.H.I.E. trade is just one element? They trade a third-round pick to get Ronald Darby, 20-something cornerback, high upside, had a great rookie year, really instrumental in what they've done this year. They've made some other trades where they've flipped mid-round draft picks for young but accomplished players, and they've locked them up. Tim Jernigan, you flip a third-round pick, you get Jernigan here, you sign him long-term, they bring in Alshon Jeffrey. It feels like they're positioning themselves with Wentz and with these young, established players to maybe have a changing of the guard in the NFL and maybe surpass the Patriots 
looking forward a couple years. Do you agree with that mm, I'm going to slow that roll. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to slow that roll. Okay. As long as Tom Brady's taking snaps, sure. you're not going to surpass him. Now, if he retires in a couple years, then, then I think the door is wide open. I think anybody can win. But, I mean, the Eagles are doing it the right way. They have a quarterback who can throw the football with a coach who's not afraid to throw the football with a pass rush that gets after the quarterback. This is a passers and pass rushers league. If you have a passer and you have a pass rush, you will be competitive all season long. You will win a lot of games. So they're, they're following the right formula. So what do you think some of the keys are to, for the Eagles? I mean, just talking about this Sunday, what are some keys to beating the Patriots? A lot of people say that this is maybe the worst Patriots team in recent years that's made it to the Super Bowl in terms of their defense and you know their offensive line and stuff like that. What are some keys for the Eagles being the Patriots? Hit him. Yeah. Hit him, mm -hmm. bottom line. Be aggressive on defense. And I know Jim Schwartz, and I've known him a long time. He will be aggressive on defense. You can't play soft zone, cover two, defense, cover four against him. You have to go after him. I go back to third and 18 last week, Jacksonville against New England. They're up 10. They have a third and 18. They stop them there. They're getting the ball back nine and a half minutes, up 10 in a game. What happens? They don't blitz. They yeah. play cover four. Brady stands in the pocket, fires a rifle shot down the middle to Danny Amendola, first down, and off they go. You have to go after him. I know the Eagles have a great pass rush. Those guys can rush the passer. The outside edge guys can rush the passer. They can rush from the inside. They can move them around and do a bunch of things. But at some point, you have to bring pressure and get the ball out of his hands and hit him. I've seen it time and time again, as great as Tom Brady is. I and mean, there was a play last week in the game, in the championship game, where he started ducking early on when there was phantom pressure. If he starts seeing ghosts, He's got problems. What really positions the Eagles to do that well is they have Fletcher Cox and Tim Jernigan up the middle, and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning talked about it all the time. A gap pressure really disrupts opposing quarterbacks. Their defensive ends swarm to the football. So I agree with you. I think the Eagles' dominance up front on defense is But you got to bring the A gap blitzers once in a while, too. For sure. Just to show them and make their line off balance yep. and get the ball out. No doubt. So with all that said, I, I know we're still six days out from this thing. What's your initial prediction? Where are you leaning? Very close. Very close. Go. But in the end, Brady's going to have the ball with a chance to go win it, and he will go get the points to win it. And if they're at the end of the game, they win the game. If not, Nick Foles will get his chance. I don't think he'll go get his. The Patriots will win another Super Bowl, but it's going to be very close. If Brady has the ball in his hands with under two minutes to go, down by less than eight, Eagles have no shot in my opinion. But less than – if it's eight, seven, maybe, yeah. but if it's, if it's, if it's three – yeah. They're in trouble. There you go. Pete, appreciate the time. The it. best in the business. Follow him on Twitter at Pete Prisco. Pete, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Let's talk about this actual game for a little bit, shall yep. we? Because, yep. I mean, if you look at the two weeks between games, we're over 50% of the way done that. This game is now just, you know, six days away. And the Eagles are playing for the Super Bowl. So now that you've had a chance to really think about this game yep. for, uh, for seven or eight days at this point. Yep. What, what, where are you at with it? I know we both were kind of picking the Eagles, and there's no, no point in hiding the prediction this week. We're both right. picking the Eagles as of now. Every, who knows, you know, tomorrow we'll feel. As of now, we're both picking the Eagles. How are you feeling about that pick? Are you still feeling confident? I, I'm feeling real confident about it, and I told you going into the NFC Championship game, and boy, was I wrong. I thought the Eagles matched up much better against either the Jaguars or the Patriots than they did the Minnesota Vikings, and they hung 38 points on Minnesota. So yeah. I, I think that this is a, a perfect matchup for the Eagles in terms of a Super Bowl opponent because, A, they have the best offensive line and best defensive line in football, and we've seen how important those two things are to a team winning a Super Bowl. Right. And number two, I think the matchup that, you know, Frank Reich and Doug Peterson are going to be able to exploit all night long 
is Zach Ertz against Patrick Chung. And yeah. Ertz has 11 catches for 135 yards in two playoff games. I wouldn't put it out of reach that Zach Ertz could put up that type of production in this one game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you could have a very big game. And I should mention now, Radio Row's starting to heat up a little bit. A lot more people here. The tables are getting filled. Um, no celebrities yet, unfortunately. I have my eyes peeled. But definitely starting to heat up. But to me, and I've written this a lot, and I'll write it again throughout the week, but the absolute key to this game can't be stated enough pressuring the quarterback, Absolutely. pressuring Tom Brady. And when the Eagles signed Fletcher Cox to that massive extension, I caught some heat on Twitter because I said, you know, honestly, I think that's too much for a defensive tackle. They're not a – they're not caught a, some heat from me. Yeah, caught some Forget heat from Twitter. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Twitter matters more, you know that. <laughs> but, no, I mean, wow. caught some heat. Yeah, there you go, right? But, uh, no, I mean, caught some heat. And I'm not ready to say I was wrong, but you can really see what a difference maker he can be when he plays at his best. And – you know, put put the Tom Brady thing aside, which sounds strong to say because he's Tom Brady. I mean, talk about putting that aside. But the Eagles' defensive line is perfectly constructed to stop Tom Brady because they're the best at getting pressure right up the middle at the quarterback. And when the when Brady has lost the Super Bowls, I mean, this will be his eighth. He's 5-2 and two in, in his seven Super Bowls. He lost to the Giants both times, and the reason he lost was because of pressure. Yep. And the Eagles are great at getting pressure on the quarterback. No matter who they face this year, they've been able to do it, or they completely alter the game plan to the point where Brady has to get rid of that ball in less than two seconds. So well, What's great is that they don't have to bring extra pressure, and Tom Brady has the highest passer rating against the Blitz in the NFL. Like, I think it's something like 99.7 according to pro football focus um the eagles swarm from the defensive end spots whether it's yeah. brandon graham and chris long or vinnie curry or even Derek barnett who very quietly had five sacks this year as a rookie and contributed impact immediately player. and he's only really have a bigger impact as the years go along but the eagles don't need to send extra pressure jim schwartz right. doesn't need to send extra and i don't pressure. think he so will if you can get pressure up the middle with tim jernigan and fletcher cox and you have brandon graham and chris long swarming off the edges that leaves Malcolm Jenkins not rushing the quarterback as a safety blitzer, but covering Rob Gronkowski. That leaves Ronald Darby up against Brandon Cooks. That yeah. leaves um, Patrick Robinson against Danny Amendola. So you're going to have one-on-one -on -one matchups with Tom Brady having less time in the pocket than he's probably accustomed to. And I think that that's a huge advantage for the Eagles. And why I think that they have a real chance at winning this game is because of their dominance up front on offense and their dominance up front on defense. And, and really, I mean, you just touched on it there, but last year when the Falcons went up 20, to three on the Patriots. Seeing it, the way they did that was pressure. They had speed yeah. on defense, they pressured them. The difference, though, the Falcons are not as deep on the defensive line as the Eagles are. The Eagles have a ton of depth, as yep. you just mentioned. Chris Long, Derek Barnett, Bo Allen, Bo homeboy, Allen. Minnesota back. He's been playing extremely well. So they won't have to bring pressure late in the game. I mean, sorry, bring blitzes late in the game to keep creating pressure because they were able to shuffle guys in and out throughout the game. So last year when the Falcons were up 28-3, to it was all going great. They got tired in the second half. Right. They weren't and they used to it. they took foot off the gas on offense too. Yeah, and so I think that'll be key. But the other component of this is I wonder how much of them getting tired was just the fact that the Patriots know how to pace themselves. Big time. They know what they're doing here. They, yep. This will be their A Super Bowl. The game's a lot different. I mean, not to mention, I, you know, Doug brought this up earlier in the week. I hadn't even thought about it. There's like – 45 minutes to an hour of time between when the Eagles last leave the field 
for warm-ups to when they go it to when they actually kick the ball off between the national anthem you know the pre-game performance all that type of stuff so the eagles in my opinion are extreme creatures of habit they know how to uh they know how to get themselves ready sunday to sunday but when you have to switch things up and things go a little differently i think they struggle with that so i'll be interested to see how they're able to respond to that and that t- yeah. ties in not only this week but game day as well no i totally agree and we've talked about this ever since the eagles beat the vikings how they handle halftime is going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a typical NFL halftime is 21 minutes. It's 45 minutes to right. an hour of halftime. And you just look back to Super Bowl 39, the last time the Eagles were here with Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb and that crew. I mean, they talked about it after the game. The Patriots players talked about it after the game. They were prepared for halftime, New England was. They had been through it before. They knew how to come out. And maybe Spygate helped. Maybe, you know, what they were doing, you know, gave them a bit of a leg up. Maybe not. But they knew how to handle that 45-minute to hour layoff. And the Eagles didn't. They came out flat in the second half, and they were never really able to regain that steam. And that's where, again, Chris Long and Garrett Blunt were here last year. Corey Smith won a Super Bowl ring like four years ago. So they've been through this before. They know how to handle it. By the way, so last night uh, I'm watching TV and they're showing highlights from the Eagles' loss to the Patriots in that Super Bowl. And I was like 16 at the time. So I re- obviously I remember it, but I wasn't watching it with a completely like analytical eye. Crazy that game was 7-7 to yep. late in the third. Two, McNabb, what do you have, two interceptions in the fourth quarter? One with like seven minutes to go and then obviously the last one of the game. T.O. killed it, but they show his press conference after the game, and he's like, everyone said I couldn't do this. Like, right. if, if – uh, I forget what example he used. Like, some quarterback. Like, if a quarterback did this performance, you'd be calling him a hero. You know, everyone calls me selfish. I think T.O. belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think this week I, he should be inducted along with Brian Dawkins. My, but, my man, he, he, was, me, he was selfish. Yeah, on that front, my hunch tells me it's one more year. Yeah, I which is a joke because he's like a top four receiver I of agree. all time. I, I would have put him in last year. Um, but for whatever reason, just from whispers I hear from people in the room, yeah, I, I think that there's a three-year waiting period for guys like him and guys like Randy Moss. What about Brian Dawkins? He's got to get in now, right? Because yeah. you're pretty soon you're going to have Ed Reed coming up behind you. Pretty soon in a year or two you're going to have Troy Polamalu coming up behind you. I think Brian Dawkins should get in this year and rightfully gets in this year, but I think it's going to take a lot of campaigning from the Sal Palantonios and the Paul Domowiches of the world from Philadelphia. Ray Dinger, I believe, is in the room as well. Yeah. I think it's going to take some serious campaigning on those their part because voters still look at safeties as being difficult to get in the Hall of Fame, but it was Brian Dawkins who changed the way that position was played. Domo. Him, Ed Reed, and uh, Palomalu. Those guys are probably some of the more athletic players on the field on defense yeah. these days. It's not the way it was back in the 60s and 70s. And, and Damo, if I'm not mistaken, is the guy that actually made the pitch for Dawkins, yep. right? Yep. So he'll be, he'll be fighting for him. Um, man, what a week that would be if Dawkins gets in, they win the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a, yeah, to? I was gonna say, obviously, <laughs> it's the best week in Eagles franchise history at that point. Even if they lose, getting Dawkins in, I think, is yep. something the fans are really going to enjoy. So. I agree. All right, Radio Row is starting to really heat up here. we got some people walking around. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? I think we're going to do a lot of talking throughout the course of the week, and the storylines are going to present themselves. I'm kind of excited for the uh, Media Night Reaction pod tomorrow because yeah. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to be in that, uh, that circus again tonight. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're getting close to 500 reviews. We would love if you, leave, if you were to leave a review. We need 21 before Sunday. I think we're going to get there. I feel confident, but we need your help. So if you're not subscribing, please do so. You can find us on all your podcast apps at The No Huddle Show. If you're listening on YouTube, uh, leave a you know a thumbs up, and we always read all those comments, so we appreciate them. Um, and we're gonna have an episode for you every day. So thanks everyone for listening, Matt. I'll uh, talk to you and everyone else later on. Talk to you tomorrow.